Dukes has twang. Does your mayo have it? Do you ask for it by name when you go out to eat? Do you display your devotion to it for all the world to see? Can it elevate your lime cilantro aioli to a level that's borderline holy? If not, you're probably using the wrong mayo. That's because only Duke's mayo has twang. It's that little southern something that elevates food from good to downright ridiculous. Get Duke's. It's got twang. Hey guys, I'm Eric McLean. And I'm Kelly Gramlich. It's time to talk some ACC football. Let's go. Happy Friday, everybody, and welcome in to the Gramlich and McLean podcast, episode 239, as we are previewing the ACC championship game between Clemson and North Carolina. We have so much to talk about here, Mac. By the way, our podcast is presented by Duke's Mayo. We love them. Shout out to Duke's Mayo. Mac's wearing his Duke shirt today. I'm on the road, so I didn't bring any of my Duke swag, but I have this sweater that is low-key a blanket, and it is feeling great. Mac, how are you, my friend? I am just living the dream, KG. It's December. I have my Christmas tree up. I have Christmas Same. music blasting. Do you? Okay, come on. Oh, yeah. Come on. Oh, yeah. When, when did you put it up? The day after Thanksgiving? Before Thanksgiving? Well, we were traveling back. So the Sunday after Thanksgiving is when it went out and getting all my stuff going. But Nick's job is the outside. So he claims, because I'm gone this week for work, Mm. he claims when I return, our house will look like a winter wonderland on the outside. We shall see. We will need a live update on Monday of what the house looks like. I cannot wait to to do it. Do you guys go pretty hard on the outdoor well, this there? is our first time having, like, we used to be in a townhouse, so it wasn't as much. Right. But this time we have a f- house, and Nick is so pumped. Like, he said he went crazy on Amazon ordering lights and everything. So he gets What was the budget? His, his what dad. was the Christmas light budget? You know, I'm not familiar with that figure. Um, like I think, five grand. Five grand. Yeah, no, no, uh, because I still want some nice presents. So <laughs> I think we went with some solid lights here. We've got some bushes we need to cover, okay. that kind of thing. Nick had a vision. So I'm going to let him try to execute his vision. I handle the inside. I I wonder if other couples are like this. I handle the inside because I have a very particular way I want the inside to look, you know? Sure, sure. And then the outside is his domain. He can do what he wants. You know, that's actually interesting because I would think you would be more particular about the outside, which is what everybody Mm. in the world sees. Nobody sees the inside of your house. All I care is what I see. Interesting. Interesting. And the vibe I want. That's fascinating. Uh, Kaki is a more of both and will tell me what she wants and where she wants I it. I figured that. Well, yeah, I am so. I am a little worried about Nick going a little too white trash, so we'll we'll <laughs> see how that goes. There was there was talk of an inflatable and I was like, no. Yeah. Not an inflatable. Not not yet. We I have I have that. a dear dear friend that had multiple inflatables. <laughs> uh, I think for Halloween, so I can only imagine what Christmas is going to be like. Man. Yeah, I'll keep you posted. Gotta love that. Gotta love that. Uh, One thing that I love, KG, is uh, my friends over at Duke's Mayo. And I have to tell you about this because last night, here's the deal. I I had a little, I had a hankering, if you will, uh, for some wings. So I'm going to the store, Whole Foods, my store of choice here in Columbia, Mm. South Carolina. Uh, and, And if you are familiar with Whole Foods, their setup is awesome. Like you walk in, you've got all this meat. You've got fish, you've got crab, you've got all this stuff. And then you've got the red meat, which is right beside the chicken. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at that. I'm like, dang, that looks so freaking good. I'm going to make some hamburgers too. So we did hamburgers and wings. And you're asking, man, where are you going with this? Are you just telling us some basic Coach Sweeney and Kelly mustard story? Absolutely not. Here's the deal. 
Duke's has these little things called Southern sauces. They're so good. There's a million of them. I'll tell you about you all of them in a second. Tennessee whiskey is my absolute favorite for burgers. So I made this Tennessee whiskey cheeseburger mix where you infuse it, you mash it all together, you put it on the grill. It's the best tasting thing you could ever imagine. So that's that. And then for the chicken wings, you do the Alabama white sauce as you're dipping. KG, let me just tell you. Oh if you my haven't goodness. tried it, you've got to try it. The Southern sauces for me are the way to go. They're so good. You see the video, you see the footage there of the chicken wings. It's unbelievable. And there's there's more than that. They've got the Carolina vinegar barbecue. Mm. If you like that, I'm not a big vinegar guy. Uh, the Sweet Heat from Georgia is really, really good. Hickory Moonshine's a great one. Carolina Gold, I think, is a fan favorite. Every time we post yeah, about Duke, everybody's talking about the Carolina Gold. And then the Mississippi Comeback. I have not tried that one yet. I've got it. Actually, it's right here. This is the Mississippi Comeback. Uh, so excited to try that one. But those those little southern something that's in there, that twang KG, I tell you what, it makes anything a little bit better. And I love it. Mac, yum. That sounds amazing. <laughs> and you guys have to go over to dukesmayo.com and you can check out all the sauces that Mac has just discussed. But also, enter the Y'all Star sweepstakes. There's still two weeks left to enter, so you've got time and potentially win the grand prize. Four pregame field passes to the Duke's Mayo Bowl. An ACC team will be there, so go ahead and enter now to see if it's your team. Four on-field tickets. You get to sit in the Duke's Mayo Twang Throne. What could be better? Stadium <laughs> Tour. That's really cool at Bank of America. Travel Voucher. $250 Visa gift card and swag. So go enter today. You've got two weeks to do it, but go do it now at dukesmayo.com. Mac, one day you and I will finally get to sit in the Duke's Mayo Twang Throne. I am Remember that one time we were supposed to and then yes. COVID just ruined everything? Unbelievable. Yeah. Un- so unreal. whoever, Hopefully shout out. Shout out to the, uh, the Twang Throne sitters. Shout out to them. Always. Okay, Mac, it is time to dive into this matchup. The number, t- number nine, Clemson Tigers, 10-2 overall, 8-0 in the Atlantic Coast Conference, facing off against number 23, North Carolina, 9-3 overall, 6-2 in the Atlantic Coast Conference. Clemson, a 7.5-point favorite. The total's at 63.5, which is pretty high, Mac. Let's just start big picture here. We kind of mentioned the spread on, on the Dabo Sweeney episode. If you didn't see the Dabo episode, as Mac lives in Columbia, and there's another siren which is hilarious because this happens to him all the time. I don't know what Mac has done, but the police are after him. I I don't even try to mute it anymore. Oh, here comes another one. Hold on. There's two. Uh, Oh, oh, he's honking the horn. Um, I don't even try to mute it anymore. I just fully embrace that I'm in a dangerous place. I live in a dangerous place. You live on the edge. And it's even more dangerous. It's even more dangerous. I was doing TV last night in Bristol for the ACC Big Ten Challenge, and I was working with (laughs) Drew Carter, and Drew listens to our pod, and he was like, Kelly, I laugh every time I hear one of those sirens go by Max's house. <laughs> Here we are, Drew. Shout so, out Drew Carter. <laughs> that's what you're known for, Mac. But uh, good. overall, big picture, we both think the spread sounds pretty good here. I know you want color rush jerseys. The last time these two played in the ACC title game, Mac played and it was 2015. It was a really high scoring right. game. I'm not sure it'll be that high scoring, but just give us your initial thoughts on this matchup, Mac. Yeah, well, I, I think that um, that that's a pretty cool accomplishment that I didn't learn until this year. You know, Brian Ives does a great job. He sends us all these notes and, and just so much information, and so re- he does a really great job with sending that. And in there was flashback to 2015, yeah. highest scoring ACC championship ever. I, I did didn't not realize know that. that. Yeah, uh, there's another cop car going by. His sirens aren't on, so that's good. 
Um, so with that being said, that that was pretty cool. So I've been in the highest scoring national championship ever. Took an L. That's very sad. Coach Davis Sweeney brought it up on Wednesday. And now the highest scoring ACC championship, which I actually – I was going to get one of my rings. I forgot it. It's, it's back in the back. I was going to show you all. See, and it's good uh, that you play offense like. because if you were a defensive player, you would that's not right. want You're to say like, those stats. Dang. You're like, man, this is not good. This is yeah. not good. So that 2015 team was uh, was pretty good. We had a lot of explosion on there. Um, but when I, I just – I'm excited for this game, KG. You know, it was funny. Saturday I was down in the dumps. I was kind of – Beating myself up. I'm like, this stinks. We've got two teams who are like fault. super hot. It's all my fault. Two teams that are super hot that have just totally blown up this championship. But that, that's not how I feel at all. This is going to be an awesome game. This is going to be a really fun matchup. North Carolina is going to bring it. They're going to be absolutely packed. Cannot wait to see those fans. And same thing with Clemson. They, they, they missed out last year. So they had a break, you know, kind of from the, the postseason going to the Cheez-It Bowl. Did you go to the Cheez-It Bowl, KG? No, but I ate a lot okay. of Cheez-Its. That's right. Uh, you and Prince Chedward are BFFs. I forgot. I about do that. love Prince um, Chedward. So, so I think that I think Clemson's going to show up as well. I'm expecting sixty plus thousand at this game. It holds, I think, seventy. Maybe we'll get close to selling that thing out. But that, that's what I'm excited to see. It, it's just jam packed. The way the championship should be. Everybody there going nuts. The environment should be really cool. And it, it's fascinating that. This is the last ever yeah. uh, divisional championship, you know, with Atlantic, with the Coastal. So it's kind of cool for both of these teams to kind of be the last ones to kind of take the trophy and go home and never bring it back type of deal. Um, so I'm, I'm excited for that and then excited for the future with with getting rid of that. What, what are your thoughts on on that? I know we've spoken about this before, but are you pro no divisions? You want the best teams? Oh, yeah. One thousand percent, especially because the ACC's divisions aren't geographic. I mean, it's not like you're you have a real right. rhyme or reason why these divisions exist. Yeah. <laughs> you've got you've got Boston College and Clemson in the same division. It just it doesn't right. make any sense. So yes, I'm glad. But Mac, when you look at the overall records, I believe we it would still be Clemson, North Carolina, because Florida State be. has lost three ACC games. Yeah, so that's right. It would still be Clemson, UNC. It's kind of fitting the the final year of the divisions. It actually works out for the best with the two teams, even right. though. UNC, of course, didn't have to play FSU or Clemson because of the divisions right. and how they work. So there's also right. that. Let but, me throw this at you. Let me throw this at you. I know it's a, a conference championship. Would yes. you rather see, instead of the best conference record, because, you know, that's not equal who you play. Some teams play harder teams. Some don't. Um, would you rather the two highest rated, mm. ranked, if you will, ACC teams, then it would be Clemson, Florida State. Basically. That's interesting. You know, I'm I'm going to say no because I don't trust the committee. And <laughs> That's I think what I was going to say. It's too much power just to – Who do we want to see? Who do we want to see? They already have too much power, and they're constantly ranking teams to help justify who they have at the top. So I, I get it that it's going to be an unequal schedule certain years, but I think there will be less of that when we don't have divisions because then you're right. going to rotate and play certain teams every couple of years. So I, I still think it should come down to ACC play and your record. And then if you're tied, go to a tiebreaker, whatever, just because right. I don't trust that stinking committee, Mac. I don't either. I just wanted to throw yeah. that out there, see what you thought. It's a good question. <laughs> it's a good question. But let, let's dive into this game and let's start with UNC's offense. I mean, they've been the talk of the town. Drake May, ACC player of the year, as we all thought. However, when you look at the last couple of games, the Georgia Tech game and the NC State game, this offense has struggled. And I, I want to pull this quote from Mac Brown where he said over the last two games, this is what's happened. He said, quote, we haven't been as patient on offense. People are really backing off, trying to make us throw short. We've got to make sure that we are being patient to do that. You've got to catch the ball and make yards after, get that yak 
yeah. after. Now, from what we saw, Georgia Tech didn't do that as much. Georgia Tech blitzed and got after Drake May because mm-hmm. this UNC O-line is not the strength of their offense. Yeah. NC State backed up, let their linebackers do work. And it feels like when UNC can't get those explosive plays, that's their lifeblood. That's what they right. want. That's what they want to do. When they can't get those, those explosive plays, it's almost like they can't get in rhythm and they don't have as yeah. much confidence. Is that what you've seen from UNC? Yeah, these, these last couple of games in particularly, you know, it's been fascinating just to see KG, okay, when, when something like that is taken away, uh, a la North Carolina State, or if right. we're trying to heat things up where you don't have time to look deep, you, you've got to go. You've got to either get out of the pocket or throw short without getting hit, which you got hit a lot against Georgia Tech. Then, then you've got some problems, and this UNC, you know, offense is drastically different, you know, from from what we saw the first ten games. Yeah. But you know, kind of diving into to individual units, and then we'll kind of go big picture, you know, to that last two games. What's the biggest difference, and, and statistically, what does it look like? It starts and finishes with Drake May to me, KG, with with how good he is. L- listen to some of these stats: fourth in the country overall passing yards with 35 passing touchdowns. That's fourth in the country as QBR is top 10, and he's number one in the world in yards per game, total yards mm. per game. He, he does it all for these guys. He's their leading rusher with over 600 yards, six rushing touchdowns. Clemson cannot just you know value him as a passer. They have to understand he can take off and run, and, and he likes to. He's their leading rusher yeah. in yards and attempts with 161 attempts. That's almost double the next guy. And, and so when you see that, you understand that, okay, it's kind of like that snake mentality. You cut that thing off, you know, the rest of the the body dies there. So how can you do that? Because he is the player of the year, because he is that good, and we've seen him play at at such a high level. going to be fascinating to see how do they attack that. Do they try to spy somebody? You know, are are they going to take the Georgia Tech approach and just light them up, which is what Clemson does? Or are they going to say, hey, let's put more athletes on the field. Let's try to confuse them. Let's try to get the football and maybe force some some turnovers there. And that's what I would do, Mac. Now I know Wait, which Clemson one? Which is, one? I said two things. Which one? I would I I would take the NC State approach. Because really? I know that Clemson has a D line that honestly has been hyped up all year and hasn't necessarily performed. When you look at Clemson, they're getting after the quarterback a lot in the last couple of games, but all of the sacks, besides a few from KJ Henry, have come from the linebackers, have come from Trotter and Barrett Carter and Trenton Simpson. You have these freaky linebackers. And I know the secondary has had some question marks, but when you look and you see the Achilles heel against South Carolina was giving up explosive plays, mm-hmm. I would reconsider. I mean, I, if this was your 2018 D-line, sure, <laughs> I would brush the heck out of Drake May. But because it's not, and you have those linebackers, which NC State, the main reason why they were able to slow them down was because of their linebacker play. Mm-hmm. I, I just feel like explosive plays – is the as I said the lifeblood of this UNC offense, and for Clemson it's been a big issue. So why not t- cater your game plan towards that? Yeah, it, it's it's going to be fascinating, KG, just to see what what do they try to do. And you know, one thing for, for sure that they have to do is is cover Josh Downs. I mean, he, yes, <laughs> Coach Dabo Sweeney said it. Everybody knows that this guy gets more uh, targets than anybody in the world per game. He's right at 11. He catches eight of them. So if you do the quick math on that, if I gave you the total numbers, that comes out to 77% completion rating when Drake is throwing to Josh. It's crazy to see the connection. That's right. To see the connection that those guys have. And to me, when I look at it, Josh is the best receiver Clemson has faced since Zay Flowers. 
Why yeah. is that different? Zay Flowers was the only option. They know, okay, yeah. hey, we can give all the attention. We can have a safety over top. We can be physical on the line of scrimmage. We can isolate that problem. He still had a great game against Clemson, but how can we take that away? You, you don't have the luxury of doing that with, with this UNC offense. They are very similar to Wake Forest, although I don't think it's good holistically. I think Wake Forest still has the best wide receivers you know, in the conference and, and maybe in the country when it comes from a unit perspective, but they're deep. I mean, Antoine Green has been a guy that absolutely can take the top off of a defense. He's averaging 20 yards per reception. That That is crazy to me, the ability that he has there. And then Bryson Nesbitt, he, he's a guy that is a tight end, kind of that hybrid H-back role where he's just a mismatch problem. He's a big-time threat. He stretches the field. It's not these dink and dump type things. He's a tight end that's going to get in space, KG, and be a really big problem for Clemson. You bring up Antoine Green. He would be Clemson's leading receiver at 745 <laughs> yards. <laughs> Josh Downs has 929. Green has 745. Clemson's leading receiver, Antonio Williams, has 523. So yeah. either of those guys would be Clemson's leading receiver by a mile. Mac, yeah. let's let's look at Clemson's defense here because I kind of alluded to it. And, you know, they have 12 sacks in the last three games. But like I said, mm-hmm. besides, I think KJ Henry has one and a half. The rest are from those linebackers. As much as I think that explosive plays is what Clemson needs to focus on. I don't, I feel like they're still going to blitz and get after the quarterback because that's <laughs> Clemson's MO. Yeah. And we heard Dabo Sweeney talking to us, talking about rush integrity. Could you, could you break down for me what rush integrity is? Yeah. It's just being disciplined on where you're supposed to go. So, so mm. I'm actually showing a great tape of this. I'm glad you brought that up on uh-huh. Saturday. So tune in and I'll show you some visuals here. Tune in. But, but basically what it means is, okay, if, if I'm supposed to blitz and I have contained, that means I cannot go inside. I have to stay outside. I have to be disciplined of where I'm going. If I'm blitzing through the B gap, but I see mm-hmm. the C or A gap open, I can't take that. I have to go where I'm supposed Got to be it. because that's where everyone else around me is. And, and what I'm going to be showing you guys on Saturday is, is really the discipline from Barrett Carter when he blitzes. There's a couple of things I'm going to show you. His sole job, he's blitzing, but his sole job is to get on the hip of a guard or tackle and just blow him up. Just hit that guy, allow the defender, whether it's a defensive end or defensive tackle, to wrap around untouched. That's his only job. Now, what happened against Louisville is he could have just blit like the it opened. It opened up. He could have went straight. Probably we probably would have gotten the sack. But he showed the discipline against a mobile mm. quarterback. This is what I have to do. And that then freed up even more Brian Brzee he was able to get the big sack. Either one of them could have done that, but that's the type of discipline that they're going to have to have. That's the type of ability where if you try to get them and you miss, and now I've got a defensive lineman and a linebacker running into each other, or maybe now because you're so close, a tight end coming back or a running back coming back can block both of you at the same time because it's just that little hesitation all Drake needs to, to roll out. So that's where I think you know Coach was really hitting the nail on the head there where – Hey, look, do what we call. Do the plays that we call. Mm-hmm. Trust the, that it'll work, which they have for the most part. And, and I think that's how they're going to get after him. Drake has been sacked more than any quarterback in the entire league. This offensive line for UNC, they're, they're Swiss cheese. I mean, he's been hit 34 times. He's been hit for a one-yard gain even more. That's just hit credit to his ability to make yeah. something out of nothing. KG, I think Clemson's blitzing all night. I, I think they're going to try to absolutely light them up. And I get that. That's what Clemson does. By the way, that breakdown was great, Mac. I'm just, I, Clemson has been susceptible to the big plays. So sure. I would just like to see, and I think Dabo alluded to this, I would like to see 
you know, some variety. Yeah. Make them think you're blitzing, drop back. <laughs> See if you can force a turnover, sure. something like that. But these linebackers have been so special and can right. do both. They can right. cover and they can blitz. So utilize these linebackers. I mean, the amount of, I think Dabo really talked about to us, he brought up Trotter, he brought up right. Carter, he brought up Simpson. Mm-hmm. I think those linebackers are the key to slowing down this offense if you're Clemson. Yeah. And when you look at UNC, Mac, you had a great point here in our rundown. The two, probably the two best quarterbacks that Clemson's faced this year, Spencer <laughs> Rattler and Sam Hartman, lit them up. Yeah. So is Drake May capable of doing that as well? Right, right. 100% he is. Um, yes. <laughs> and, and so one point that I wanted to touch on, what you just said there, of showing blitz and then you know backing off, retreating. Yeah. That, that works too because at the end of the day, like, okay, let, let's say I have Barrett Carter and Jeremiah Trotter up at the line of scrimmage. As an offensive line, we have to count them. We have to target them. So what does an offensive line do? We start on the inside, and then we count out. So, okay, center, you have this guy. Guard, you have this guy. Well, if there's a three technique and a defensive end out here, one of those guys is potentially coming free just because of the mere threat up the middle. Now, if you have a really good offensive line, you can sort and you can bounce back and trade all these different things. North Carolina has demonstrated they're not great at that. We saw that Georgia Tech game where – it was a lot of studs. Right. It was a lot of games. They were not able to pass those off. Same thing with, with North Carolina State with just a three-man rush and then maybe a, a fire or a triggering linebacker there. It, it's going to be a problem. And, and so the one thing that I will say is, you know, a lot of times you, you make fun of me sometimes for this. I'm making too much sense. When it makes too much sense, sometimes it does not happen. But I just have to think, I just have to think that – you know, this defense is really going to turn it up. The, the the biggest concern for me is obviously the pass defense of Clemson, as you yep. said, giving up the big plays. They're ninth in the ACC. I would have thought coming into this year they were going to be ninth in the country. But at the, the, the biggest question is, will he have time? Is he going to have time mm-hmm. to, to throw the football? So that's where I'm interested to see. think they're going to really replicate but be better because they have better athletes than Georgia Tech and just try to get after them. That, that's what I see happening. Yep. I agree. All right, let's flip it. Let's talk about Clemson's offense and UNC's defense. Let's start with Clemson's offense. I mean, all anybody wants to talk about is the quarterback play right. and how it has been quite lackluster, which no one's arguing against that. Dabo's not arguing against that. <laughs> He's just saying it could be a lot better if other players step up and do their job. Yeah. I mentioned that UNC's two top leading receivers would both be Clemson's leading receiver. Clemson has not had a single wide receiver with a 100-yard receiving game this season. That is a problem. And their receiver that's been the best guy is Antonio Williams. He only had two catches for 11 yards against South Carolina. So you really don't know who's going to step up catching the ball. And that's why, Mac, I know you're a big believer in ship. And I think someone tweeted this uh, at us, Mac. (laughs) Ship can only happen if ship gets the ball. (laughs) Will Shipley's your best player. He's your playmaker. He's your most reliable player. Get him the ball and be creative with it. Pitch it to him. Whatever you need to do. But... Shipley needs to have a ton of touches. Yeah, there's no question about it. I think that, you know, at the end of the day, this is a massive opportunity, you know, for Clemson. When, when you look at this North Carolina defense, and, and I'm not being mean, I'm not being a homer, I'm just giving you facts. This is the worst defense in the ACC. That They give up the most yards at 442 yards per game. How they do that, 270 through the air, 170 on the ground. I mean, that, that's a ton. KG. They're also yeah. giving up 30 plus points per game. So for me, if I'm a, I'm not going to call Clemson a struggling offense because I think that's disrespectful and they've had a relatively you know good year, but at times they have struggled and they've really stalled out. 
This is the solution. This is where you get all the momentum is you play a defense like this. It, it should be Clemson's opportunity to have that perfect game where they are rushing for 200 yards. They do pass for 200 yards because everything opens up in that run game. And as you said, get Will Shipley the ball. Do it a bunch of different ways. Get him 20-plus times, I think, is that sweet spot because that he's your best player. Treat him like your best player. Get him the right. rock. Find ways to do it. Let's not just say, oh, well, nobody else can catch. Will Shipley can catch, throw him the football, get him the football, put him out at slot, run a slant. I mean, whatever it takes, you know, if there is something where you get in that game and guys aren't doing their job, make him Waldo. Make him everybody worries about where he is because he's that good. And and listen to this. He's the first athlete ever. I think I read this right. Someone come at me Mm -hmm. if I didn't. To be first team at three different positions on the same team. Yep. Running back, all-purpose, specialist. He's that special. He's that good where – You've got to get them involved. You have to get them involved early and often. Mac, two interesting stats about this offense I want to throw out there, this Clemson offense. I'll start with a positive. Clemson has actually been very good in the red zone the last three games. 10 for 12, not just scoring, scoring touchdowns Mm -hmm. in the red zone. So Mm -hmm. when they get in the red zone, good things happen. The problem is if you turn the ball over (laughs) before (laughs) you get in the red zone or, as we saw against South Carolina, you lose the field position battle so badly because their punter is having the game of his life, Mm -hmm. then you're going to struggle. And that's where the flip side here, my biggest concern, and I said it last week before South Carolina, are the turnovers. Clemson has nine turnovers in the last three games. That is a problem. They've lost the margin in all three of those. And, yes, some of of them are interceptions, but the real issue are the fumbles. And if you're going to go out here and fumble the ball against North Carolina, this is a defense for all of its issues, Mac has been able to force turnovers this year. Yeah. If you fumble the ball and give Drake May short, short fields, you're, you're not going to win the game. No. If, if Clemson can just take care of the football, ground and pound, which is where they have a huge advantage in this game, and continue what they've been doing in the red zone, they should be fine. But the big but for me are those – the big but. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm 12. The big but here are the turnovers yeah. for Clemson. Right. And, and I, I think another great point that you just kind of mentioned in there is that ground and pound – Sometimes that can be your best defense. Like if you can hold yes. on to the football, True. if you can limit the possessions by North Carolina, mm-hmm. guess what that does? That that makes a play caller and a quarterback frustrated because, oh my gosh, we only get these many opportunities. We have to take advantage of it. Then you start forcing things. Then you get into bad situations. So it's going to be very interesting, both sides, to see the attack and see what are they able to do. KG, when, when I look at it again from a, a perspective of the quarterback and, and look at – you know, DJU and everybody, I mean, it's it's so yeah. funny to, to look at. I get tagged in these message boards and these comments on Twitter and Facebook and all these. Never read the message um, boards. Yeah, kids. never, never. It's a dark place, guys. Any team, any player, dark any place. mom or dad, don't go to the message boards. Um, but just to, to see him and the opportunity that he has here to, to play catch. I mean, at the end of the day, throw the ball. There's not going to be a big pass rush. North Carolina's defense has not been able to establish any type of continuity, any type of consistency, rushing, rushing the passer. So she, he should have time. He should be able to process yeah. one, two, three, this is where I want to go, or, my goodness, take off and run and, and do the things necessary to keep it going. So it, it both offenses, I think, are, are going to be able to do relatively what they want. North Carolina, if they have time. Clemson, if they can be disciplined and run the football and catch the football. Coach Dabo Sweeney, my goodness, catch the football, he says. Throw it here. Um, so I, I'm interested to see just – both of attacks, how can they get going? How can they be, you know, kind of the form that they want offensively? 
The other thing to note for Clemson's offense is that Bo Collins is out. He tried to play. He had that big play against South Carolina, but he got injured again. He's going to have to have surgery. Antonio Williams has been your most productive receiver, but Bo Collins, if he had been healthy, would probably be your leading receiver. So that is obviously not great news for Clemson. For UNC on defense, Mac, what can they do? I think you've talked about forcing turnovers and just trying to stay disciplined. But what do you expect to see from this UNC defense? Well, the, the good thing is they have two really, really good linebackers that just fly around. That, that when I look at um, you know the, the first team linebacker there, Cedric Gray, you know, met him back at, at ACC Media Day, was very impressed with his attitude, with his, you know, kind of thought process when he was answering some of these questions. And I mean, he's a weapon and he's delivered. I, I just pulled up his stats here. 130 tackles. That is Ooh. nuts. Number two things here. Yes. Number one, obviously he's a very good linebacker. He's flying around the field. It's he's like making 10 plays. A game. Number two, he's on the field a lot, which means the defense isn't really doing their job. But he's doing he's doing that. Power Eccles, another linebacker. He's kind of the tone setter. He's the guy that man everybody rallies around. He's a firecracker. He's a smaller guy, but really packs a punch. He, he's not afraid to come up and hit you. Really reminds me of. Kind of a Tanner Ingle at linebacker, Tanner Ingle from NC mm-hmm. State, kind of that undersized guy that just is so, so physical. I expect him to go over 100 tackles for the season. Uh, got guys that get their hands on the football. I mean, Cedric, two picks, five pass deflected. He has a couple of forced fumbles. I mean, it's impressive to see that the individual units. Storm Duck, another guy was all ACC performer, has three interceptions. So opportunistic is is the correct way to you know kind of call this defense in. There was this stretch there where they were giving up a ton of yards, but they weren't giving up touchdowns. And they weren't, you know, they were getting their hands on the football. They finished the Miami game with a pick. They finished the Duke game with a pick back-to-back. And in these two games where the offense hasn't looked great, defense has only given up very limited points. So it's a unit that is getting better, KG. But I think when you look at the offenses that they played, Georgia Tech, NC State on their four-string quarterback, it's just not the same. It's not comparable you know, to what you're going to see in this offense that when they're clicking feel really good and, of course, have, have much better talent than others. So, you know, attack-wise, I would test DJ. I really would. I, I would yeah, load up the box. To, right? I would have Cedric and Eccles right there uh, loading up and saying, go ahead, throw it. Let, let's see. Let's see if you can complete a pass. Let's see if these guys will catch the ball for you. I'm going right. man-to-man across the board and maybe a one-high safety that can play both sides of the field on a deep shot. That's what I would do until proven otherwise. I've seen all season long that that has been a struggle in tight windows and, and when guys are being physical. So that, that that's what I would do. I, I would not allow Shipley to get six yards before he's touched. I, I'm having people close and on that line of scrimmage. So I want to ask you the question that probably a lot of Clemson fans are thinking. But first, I have to mention Power Eccles and Storm Duck are two incredible football names. <laughs> Just want to shout that out. Big That's facts. amazing. Big facts. I also have some spread numbers here, Matt. Uh-oh. But first, <laughs> I think before we do that, we have to at least entertain this question because it's probably what a lot of Clemson fans and honestly UNC fans are thinking. What kind of – I'm going to use a different – we hate uh, the leash. Not the leash. <laughs> what kind of um, – Time hook? frame? Time frame? Hook. What kind of hook? Hook, do you think we see with DJ, do you think Cade Klubnick plays at all in this game? Yeah. I, I tend to think no, considering DJ struggled so much against South Carolina and you didn't see him. Right. I, it feels like to me that, and I'm, I could be so wrong on this, but that they feel like DJ is still their better option, that they just don't feel like Cade is ready. 
That's the vibe I get. What, what do you think is going to happen with this QB position? Yeah, I mean, with, without having been to a practice since August, without having you know any type of inside information, and like I said, I've said this before, if I did have it, I wouldn't tell you guys anyway. Exactly. Uh, but but we don't. We, we don't know. I mean, we just strictly are going off of what we see in games and what we read and, and what things that are on you know social media there. And I think that's a fair assessment to, to think that he's not ready as – Jimmy's blowing his leaves beside me. I'm sorry if you hear that loud. I was going to say, is that Jim? Shout out Jim. Shout out to Jim and the cops. (laughs) That's right. Always, always a star when we're trying to do a podcast episode. Um, But yeah, I I think that's a safe, you know, kind of assumption to to come up with there and and just thinking, is he ready? Is he not ready? Does does he have, you know, the, the, the ability to go in there and lead a team? Now we've seen it in flashes and, you know, against Georgia Tech at the end of the game, man, it looked really good and it was exciting. Uh, we, we saw against Syracuse, won the game and didn't do anything special, but didn't lose it, uh, you know, and, and really managed that well. And then Clemson puts him in a really tough situation. The two point conversion throw was special. That was the special thing sure. you saw from him yeah. when you saw a glimpse right. of, yeah. OK, that's a special play. But you're right. Beyond that, they really yeah. just they relied on Shipley in the Syracuse game. Right. And, and you know, then the, the Notre Dame, the pick six. And, and what is unfortunate about it, though, is they're they're. Everything that you read kind of in that stretch of those games is we're, we're looking for a spark from Cade. We're looking for him yeah. to be the guy, this and that. Well, how about you just look for him to be quarterback? How about you just look for him to go in and you know play within the game? Not a spark because how much pressure does that put on you to, hey, man, we're putting you in here to do something crazy. Like go. So now I'm forcing things. So now I'm trying to be right. outside of just who I am. So it, it's – Based on the conversation we had with Coach Sweeney, I, I don't even think it's really a conversation um, in the things that he said. But for, for me personally and from a, a a fan perspective, from an analysis perspective, yeah, you'd like to see somebody else. You'd like to see another guy in there. And how much does that change the team in regards to, okay, if I'm a wide receiver right now, and again, this is all speculative. This is no, this is no inside information. If I think my quarterback cannot get to his third read, and couldn't throw his third read, am I running that route as hard as I can? It's just human nature. Maybe. Am I concentrating and catch that ball when it comes to me? Maybe I've seen that you're not. So for me, it's almost like if there's a guy, and I'm not saying Cade's the guy. We don't know. But if Cade is the guy and he can make those throws, is everybody running harder? Is everybody trying to get open on every single play and you get that separation and guys are locked in so they make the big-time catches? I don't know. It's a fascinating thing. Would I like to see it? Yes. Are we going to? Maybe not. Uh, but but the future is going to be interesting, you know, for Clemson in, in, in the very short term of what's going to happen just this next year. Does DJ come back? Does DJ transfer? Does Cade transfer? Uh, what does it look like? It, it's going to be very intriguing, KG, this offseason uh, from a holistic, the entire ACC. I mean, there's a lot of different things that I think are going to go down uh, where this might be a different looking league when we come into August this coming season. In all these ACC championship games that Clemson's been in over the last, you know, seven, eight, or ten years, I'll say back to 2011, I don't think they've ever had the QB disadvantage. So right. That's, they've never crazy. had the, the lesser QB. And I think it's very fair to say Drake May is the best QB in this game. Yeah. So that's going to be fascinating to watch. Mac, Absolutely. I want to give you some numbers on this spread because we need to make a pick here. Clemson's a seven-and-a-half-point favorite. Two numbers to keep in mind. <laughs> Both Clemson and North Carolina are six-and-six against the spread this season. Wow. So not much there, right? <laughs> <How> about that. <laughs> However, this stat very much stood out to me. North Carolina is 4-0 and against the spread in their last four games as an underdog. Ooh. 
So keep that in mind. We've got a seven and a half number here. Do you know those games by chance? Do you know who they were playing? They definitely had to have covered in the Notre Dame game, I guess, because that would be one of them. And then I don't know who else they were an underdog to this year. So I think it goes back to last season. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So just keep that in mind. I thought that number was interesting. Okay. Would you like to go first, sir? Or would you like me to go first? Ladies first, so I can steal your pick. Ladies first. Okay. (laughs) (sighs) This is this is tough because honestly, my first thought was to go UNC to cover because I Mm -hmm. don't trust Clemson. Right. But when you think about how UNC's played lately, I don't trust UNC either. So it's hard to say I'm going to take them to cover in an ACC title game where none of these guys have been there before and a lot of these Clemson guys have. And you have that pedigree of winning ACC titles. So I do think this game is close. I by no means think it's a blowout. But I I can see Clemson, you know, the final score back in 2015 was 45-37. That's an eight-point spread right there. That's a cover. Mm -hmm. The, The hook makes me a little uncomfortable with Clemson. But I think Clemson wins. I think it's close. I think it's a fun game. And so I'll take Clemson minus seven and a half, but I don't like the hook. Are you, are you taking the under anyway. or the over? Are you taking the under or over here? 63 and a half. 63 and a half. I have to go under. I have to go under. I don't think Clemson's going to score enough. And I think Clemson's going to be able to affect this UNC offense enough. I, I think that's under. guaranteed money. I mean, I, there's very yeah. few things this I year agree. that, you know, we, we've said, hey, take that to the house. I think this is one of them. 63 and a half is a ton of points, especially when you see a UNC team that has struggled so much recently on offense and a Clemson defense that, that I think is going to continue that and a Clemson offense that, that hasn't been scoring a ton of points. So I think, I think that's easy money there. KG, I'm kind of, I'm on the same page with you and not trusting, you know, either at times, uh, but I don't trust that offensive line from UNC the most. I think that they are really going mm. to be affected. I think that Clemson is going to schematically show them things that, that forces them to do something they do not want to do. I think it's going to force them to, slide when they're they don't want to slide when you you have three defensive linemen to the left of the center you you have to honor that you have to send a bunch of guys over there and so with that in mind I think they're able to get to Drake I think they're able to pressure him confuse him with with different blitzes and ultimately Clemson gets the dub so I'm taking the Tigers with the points I think they go on to to get their I don't know what number it is a millionth ACC championship trophy. Eight? Um, is it Dabo? Oh, Dabo. Well, under eight. Dabo. Under Dabo. I don't know what the overall yeah, one is. I don't, it's in the 20s. I'm not sure. Um, but I think they get it done. And then, uh, you know, we, we we get on to a great bowl season for the ACC and can't wait to talk about all of that on Monday's episode. So it's going to be it's gonna be a big time, KG. By the way, I went back and looked. UNC was favored against Notre Dame. So wow. the last underdog well, side Oh, yeah, because Notre Wake Dame Forest. was horrible. Notre Dame was bad. Going into I that. think Wake so may be the only game that they were an underdog in this year, wow. and they played well and won. So interesting go. things to keep in mind there. <laughs> That's right. and Mac, I want to add this. I'll say it. We had Dabo Sweeney on on Wednesday, so please go listen to that. Both UNC and Clemson fans, he says a lot about Drake May in that episode. Yeah. We wanted to have a UNC representative on. <laughs> we just weren't able to make it happen, but it wasn't for our lack of trying. So I want to say that because I don't want UNC fans sure. thinking, Oh, we just had Dabble on and blah blah blah. So we did try that out there. Carolina fans, we did try. We were told no. I understand. It is what it is. You gotta focus on your team. That's right. You gotta focus on your team. Uh, one guy that is more busy and much more busy than anybody on the entire planet is uh, Richmond Weaver. Shout out to our Correct. producer. Does such Correct. a great job. We had a little bit of a firestorm in uh, the last episode and 
KG and, and Richmond did their uh, magic and, and got that taken care of so fast. Uh, the, behind big the, shot, scenes. the behind the scenes joy. Shout out to Richmond Weaver. Go check out his podcast, Rich Take on Sports, wherever you get it. So many fun stories around sports and different avenues of life and the ways that we're all connected in this fun sports world. Love that one. Big shout out to Duke's Mayo. We told you guys all about them. Go check out their Southern sauces. I have an array of them right here. You can check them out. Go to dukesmayo.com. Get in that y'all star sweepstakes. There's not only the massive prize at the end, there's also weekly prizes. You got two weeks left to win some of those. I think I saw like a jean jacket on there that looked really cool. I don't know if it would fit me, but maybe you, KG. So you got to get that swag. You got to check them out. Uh, But guys, that's it. Thank you for tuning in. Another great episode of Grandma and Mac Lane presented by Duke's Mayo. Go get SiriusXM. Subscribe. You can hear us in your car, on your phone. Take that app anywhere. But we also need you to go over to YouTube. Mash that subscribe button if you're watching us right now. Really appreciate y'all's feedback. The comments, I love them. Keep coming at us with with some fun stuff there. And then, of course, the OGs over on Apple Podcasts. Appreciate you guys. Rate, review, subscribe. Always fun to hear from you guys. But until next time, we'll see y'all.